There's a word from the Lord as we continue the series of messages that's entitled By Faith. We have it for you printed on a bookmark. Eight messages all from the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And the series is entitled By Faith. 21 times in 40 verses in one chapter, the words by faith are used. I think God is telling us something. He's saying to us that if we are going to make it, then we are going to make it not by our resume, not by our credentials, but it will be by faith. Hear the reading of God's word in the 8th through the 10th verse, reading from the NIV translation in this series that is simply entitled, By Faith. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. <laughs> he obeyed, did not talk back, did not debate, but he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents as did his son Isaac, his grandson Jacob, who were heirs with him of the, of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was, for Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And the church said, amen, amen. Catch someone by the hand. This fourth message of this series, amen. Squeeze those hands, look at someone and say, by faith, we obey God. Amen, that is the message today. By faith, we obey God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. By faith. It takes faith to be obedient to God's will. In fact, it has been said, and I agree with this, that uh, perhaps one of the greatest examples of walking by faith is choosing to obey the Lord's instructions for our lives choosing to do what God instructs us to do, choosing to be obedient to the will of God, no matter how painful, no matter how difficult, no matter how trying it may be. God has never promised that it would be easy. In fact, faith is not an easy journey. Amen. It is, by its nature, a difficult journey. In the second message of this series, we spoke of sacrificial giving and giving an offering that costs you something. The message was entitled, By Faith We Give God Our Best. And in that second message, we talked about Abel, who was the son of Adam and Eve, and how 
Abel blessed God with his best, how he gave God a sacrificial offering, and how that allowed Abel to speak even from the grave. Now, I will confess to you that sacrificial giving is wonderful. However, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22 that to obey is better than sacrifice. We, we may pride ourselves in our sacrificial giving and sacrificial living, how we give up things for the kingdom. But God reminds us, he, he reminded us that to obey him is better than to give him gifts. Because what good is it to give God gifts if you're disobedient to the will of God? Listen, Jesus understood this. He understood the significance of obedience. Throughout his earthly ministry, as he trained his disciples to one day take the gospel all over the world, he teaches them something in John chapter 14, which is known as the Upper Room Discourse, verse, chapters 13, 14, and 15, and in fact 16 also, Jesus takes them aside and teaches them what they need to understand, particularly after he has left them and go on to be with the Father. And so Jesus says to his disciples in the 14th verse of the gospel according to St. John in the, in the 15th, 14th chapter in the 15th verse, he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Note, he didn't say, if you love me, then I need you to shout and stay in church all day. He didn't say, if you love me, I need you to do this and that. Jesus was saying that the real test of your devotion to me is your obedience to my will. I tell folk all the time, the real test of someone's faithfulness to you is that if they are able to get along with things that they don't agree with, that they may be doing it because it was us of them. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And yes, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now listen, it really does take faith to obey God's instructions for our life. I, I, I don't want to minimize this. I, I don't want to take this for granted. It takes faith to do what God asks us to do, especially, listen to this, when we have no idea of what God is up to or when his instructions for our life just seem to don't make any sense. What do you do when God asks you to do a hard thing? What do you do when God asks you to do something with no explanation? I say to people all the time that God owes us no explanation. We are a generation who likes uh, explanations. We ask why, why, why until we think 
we're satisfied. And God says, I owe you no explanation. When I ask you to do something, I don't have to explain to you exactly how this is going to work for your benefit. You have to trust my word. Can I preach to someone? Uh, how many of you have been challenged by God in your own personal life to do some things? And, and, and it, it, it makes so little sense. You, you can't even share it with anybody. Because folk would think you've lost your mind when uh, it just doesn't make sense. What, what are you doing? And, and, and you don't really owe them an explanation because this is between you and God. This is vertical, not horizontal. And when the vertical relationship with you and God exists, you don't have to worry about the horizontal explanations. There are some examples in the Bible in which God asked of something that did not make sense. One example that comes to mind is 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 17. King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, is now being attacked or, or they are, his enemies have formed a coalition and they are coming to attack King Jehoshaphat. Listen to what the text says. In verse 17, God tells him to stand still as the enemies are coming to destroy you. Now, does that make any sense? Lord, if I can't fight, at least allow me to run. God says, no, I don't want you to fight. Listen. Nor run. <laughs> Somebody just caught it. Somebody just put that in a spiritual perspective. Because see, we, we, we want to fight or flee. And God says, I don't want you to fight nor flee. But here's what I want you to do in the face of your enemies coming to destroy you. I want you to stand still. And See the salvation. And he tells them, this is not your fight. For the battle is not yours. But when my enemy and my foe come upon me to eat up my flesh, God says they'll stumble and fall. Ah, though the enemy comes in like a flood, Spirit of the Lord will lift us standing. I'm preaching to somebody because sometimes God asks you to do things on its surface appears to be ridiculous. For the strategy is to stand still when we are being attacked by our sometimes the grace. Told the church this morning, I, the older I get, the more I change my opinion on people who are strong. When I was young and a lot more foolish than what I am now, I used to thought strong people are fighters. Strong people are those folk, they don't take no junk. They fight back. Don't you mess with them. They are, they are, and what I've realized, it doesn't always take strength to run your mouth and swing your arms. Sometimes it takes more strength and it takes the Holy Spirit for you to keep your mouth shut 
and don't. You feel like fighting, but you don't. You feel like retaliating, but you don't. And the older I get, the more I admire people with the patience to hold their peace and let the Lord fight their battle. I used to think folk like that were weak. And so I, I would often mistake meekness for weakness until the Lord taught me something. And God says, okay, if you're going to fight, you don't really need me. If you can handle this, then you don't really need me. And I ask myself, which one of us are in a better position to handle this situation, me or God? God can handle what I don't even know is coming. Amen. Can I preach to somebody? Look at somebody and say, obey God. Here's another example in the scriptures that really did not seem to make any logical sense. Why would God in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 13 tell a widow woman in the midst of a famine whose husband has just died of starvation and she and her son have one meal left? Why would God tell you to bless someone else when you are in need of a blessing. Help, help me, Holy Ghost. See, that makes no sense. That, that is contrary to the world's thinking. The world, as I said to you last week, tell you, you better look out for yourself. You, uh, you better take care of yourself. But God says, I, I changed the script. I, my instructions are different. I know you are about to starve to death. And you are in the same famine as Elijah the prophet. In fact, Elijah was better off than the widow from Zarephath. Because remember the text, Elijah had been fed by the brook Cherith, by the ravens. And yet he comes here with his plump, fat self, asking this malnourished woman and her son, say, God said for you to give me all you have and watch what I do. But I like verse 14. He says, and God says, as long as there's famine in the land, the barrel of oil will not run out and the meal will not dry up. Anybody know that as long as you trust God, God will make a way somehow. I don't need everybody to praise God on this, but only those that God has ever made a way for you in a very difficult situation just because you were obedient to his instructions. David said, I've been young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to beg bread. Something happens when you trust God. <laughs> Something happens when you are obedient to the will of God for your life. Then here's a third example before we move on to the text. Jesus in the gospel that was recorded by St. Matthew's chapter 5 and verse 44 says to his disciples something that was not typical of how humanity normally reacts. Jesus says, love your enemies. 
Wait a minute. You mean those that are trying to kill me? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Don't talk about them. Do not get into some kind of this fight with them. Uh, don't get on some kind of social media tit for tat just because somebody said something bad about you. Sometimes it takes more strength not to push the button and type the sentence than it does for you to spew out retribution and retaliation. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Jesus says, if you are going to be my disciple, then love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yes, here is my pattern, Jesus says. I want you to bless those who are better off than you. I want you to stand still when your enemies are trying to destroy you. And I want you to love those who are hating on you. Tough instructions. <laughs> but at the end of this message, I'm going to share Deuteronomy 28. There's some blessings that comes from obedience. Amen, somebody. Look at the text, if you will. In the text, one of the perhaps most noted examples of walking by faith, trusting God to be obedient. Abraham, a true hero of faith. Abraham stands out even among other noted biblical heroes. For Abraham, whose legacy includes being the father of three of the world's major religions, father of Judaism, the father of Islam, because he was the father of Ishmael, and the father of Christianity. Abraham, one man, became uh, the father of three of the world's largest religions. Now, note that one of my favorite scholars is a gentleman by the name of Dr. Herbert Larker. He writes all the men, all the women in the Bible, all the places in the Bible. Dr. Larker says that there was nothing special about Abraham that made him worthy of such a great distinction. He was rough, he was simple, and in fact, he was a sheep master. But what separated Abraham was all about God's favor. Ooh, look at somebody and say, it's the favor of God. Folk wonder how you are where you are. How come you are doing how you are doing? Why you seem to be so blessed? And I know it is, it is tempting to say, well, you know what? I worked hard and I studied hard and, I, and, and you may have done all of the above. You worked hard, you studied hard, you worked when other folk were slack, and, and as a result, you have some things. But let me remind you who wake you up every morning to go to work. Let me remind you who keeps your mind in perfect peace so that it can remember the information that has been stored in it. Somebody say, it's God's favor. If, if you have any semblance of success, then it is not because you have been that powerful, but it is because God has been good to you. Dr. Herbert Locker says God could have chosen anybody. Uh, around the Mesopotamic at the time where we have Iraq and Iran and all of those Middle Eastern countries, God could have chosen anyone. 
but his favor chose Abraham. I, I just, I got to move on, but, I, but I'm just there for a moment because I want to help you out. So many times we get so full of ourselves that we look at our credentials and we in fact think we did it. In which God reminds us if it had not been for my favor. Anybody know favor has brought you to where you are? Look at somebody and say, it's God's favor. Uh, the, uh, the reason you are, I, I, you are who you are, it is, but now it does take hard work. Now, I don't want uh, to say that it doesn't, and it does take great studying, and I encourage every student, every student to stay in school and study as hard as you can. But when you have done all the studying you know how to do, and when you work as hard as you know how to work, promotions eventually come from the Lord. Because I know a whole lot of studious, hard-working folk that still don't have anything. But I know some folk that God just changed stuff around. I know some folk that weren't even supposed to get that position. You never did qualify. In fact, you did not even apply for the job because you knew you didn't have the credentials. But when God be for you, y'all help me preach out. Hey, anybody in here, God ever opened a window of heaven and just poured you out a blessing that you did not deserve it? And if it had not sunk Body up in here, up in here, oh God of praise. Come on, just 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 think of one thing that God did for you that only God could do. Don't somebody up in here, oh God, just one. Sometimes God declares your legacy over you at your weakest moment. If I had time to preach, I would bring up the name Gideon and remind you that God called Gideon a mighty man of valor while he was hiding behind the wine press. <laughs> Any witnesses in here? Sometimes God declares the best over you at your worst moment. Because God wants to remind everybody that I see what you're going to be, not who you are now. God called Moses to go proclaim a clear, articulate word to Pharaoh while he was a stammering, stuttering uh, 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 convict uh, fleeing for his life. Moses said, why not Aaron? He can articulate better than I can. And God said, that's just it. If Aaron goes back, folk will give Aaron credit for his gifts. And the, re <laughs> the reason why some of you are so blessed because you ain't, excuse the grammar, never had anything. And God knew you never was that smart. But God said, if I bless you, then folk got to say God did that. Because some folk went to school with you and they know how you barely, hallelujah, got out of the fourth grade. Much less do what you are doing now. But God has been... I, I got to go. I, 
I just need just a handful of folk that God ever bless you despite your situation, your lack of confidence and credentials, but God still made a way. Look at you now. But this is what God knew about Abraham. God knew that if I call him, he'll go. <laughs> if I ask him to do something, he'll do it. If I tell him to stand up, he'll stand. God says he has on an obedient spirit. And God blesses people. I, I'm here to tell you, some of you are gifted and talented and in fact anointed, but you don't have an obedient spirit. Some of you work against your own anointing because you are not obedient to God. You've got to be willing to submit yourself to somebody else and be obedient to God. What I, what I love, Chip Marlin, about the whole process is that what I learned the most from my father is just how to be submissive and obedient. You got to understand something. There was a time in which the devil was working with my mind. My daddy, as anointed as what he was, he was not as fortunate to go to CIU or get a degree from Benedict or have a graduate degree. And there were times, you know it, Chip, you were there, Deacon Lumpkin and others were there in the boardroom, other places, Deacon Stoke, where I was, I thought I was smarter than my own daddy, until God had to slap some sense in my head, and God said, son, you better learn how to sit your nappy head down, keep your mouth shut, and learn something Benedict can't teach you. <laughs> greatest lessons of leadership did not come from Dr. James Hatch, did not come from Dr. Lada Thomas or Dr. Maxie Gordon, Elaine, or any of the other great icons at Benedict College, but it came from some folk that never matriculated through no institution of higher learning, but they knew how to treat people right. They, they, they knew how to love everybody. We've got to have an obedient spirit to submit ourselves to leadership. And in the midst of all of that, the words that are ringing in my ear that my daddy said to me one day, Gwen, he said, son, let me tell you something. You may be my son. You may have been the student body president at Benedict, but none of that matters with God. He looked me square in the eyes, this close to my face, and said, God doesn't have to use you. God doesn't really need you. You need God. In other words, you better learn how to get an obedient spirit so that you can hear the voice of God. Abraham had an obedient spirit because God knew that in order to build up the nation of Israel, and I needed the nation of Israel because through the lineage of Israel would come a Messiah. 
I needed somebody that when I says leave where you are and go to a foreign land. Not only did he not debate, he did not talk back. He never questioned God. You don't see one time in here in which Abraham said, God, you've got to explain this to me. But he did what God asked him to do. Packed his bag, took his wife, took his nephew Lot. Here's what the scripture says. Let me read to you what the text says. And the text says he obeyed. Verse 8, Hebrews 11. He obeyed and went. Ah, look at it, brothers and sisters. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to a place he would later receive as an inheritance. Look at the words, my time is almost up, but he later received it as an inheritance. You've got to understand that you may not even get your inheritance right away. But if you trust, who that'll preach all by itself. How many of you know God's got something for you? And the Bible says he obeyed and went. Look at what the text says. Even though he did not know where he was going. Good God. Anybody can go when you know where you're going. But if God says do a hard thing, can you do it? Verse number 10 says, for he was looking forward to the city which foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham trusts that if God asks me to do something, God's got a plan that has already been worked out. It takes faith. See, first of all, he had to recognize the voice of God. Our problem is, and I'll deal with this Tuesday night, my first observation is this. You must recognize the voice of God. The problem with us is that we can't distinguish between the other voices that are in our ears and the voice of God. Every voice in your ear does not mean you well. Everybody who gives you advice don't mean you well. Sometimes we, we've got to be able to understand that God is speaking to us. Amen. So, so point number one, let me just go over these three observations. If you can put it up on the board. Point number one, we must be in a position to recognize God's voice when he speaks to us. See, if you don't know it's God's voice, then you may get that confused with other people. That's why I know every preaching voice is not God's voice. Everybody who claims they are a prophet is not God's voice. Amen. There are some prophets for hire. Amen. There are some prophets that will hoodwink you because they want your stuff. But you've got to recognize the voice of God. Secondly, we must have the faith to obey God's instructions no matter how difficult. They will be. Leave your family. Leave your kindred. Leave what you are familiar with. And go to a land that I'll show you as you go. Listen to this. God did not give him a road map to the promised land. 
But God says, as you go, I'll show you. Uh, how many of you ever had to trust God? And, and this leads to the third point, and we'll deal with this on Tuesday night. We must walk by faith. And here's what God told me to tell you. One step at a time, one day at a time, trusting God every step of the way. So y'all help me with this. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, one step at a time, one day at a time. See, we want to see it all up front. Uh, particularly the generation we live in now. We want to know it all right now. And God said, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen to your life next year this time. In fact, I may not even tell you what's going to happen next month this time. But you've got to trust God one step at a time. One day at a time. Knowing that God will make a way. Anybody know God will make a way? And here is what I want to leave on. The blessings of obedience. Look at somebody and say the blessings of obedience. Ooh, if you obey God, because Abraham obeyed God, God blessed Abraham perhaps unlike any other biblical character. Abraham, the father of three major religions, Abraham was blessed with descendants upon descendants. But look what one of the descendants, Moses, years later, writes in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1, verse 3, and verse number 5 and 7, 6 and 7. Here's what they write. If you fully obey the Lord your God, look at somebody and say the blessings of obedience. <laughs> and if you carefully follow somebody, please shout out that next word. All, oh, y'all didn't hear me. Not some of his commandments. But if you carefully, somebody say all his commands. I give you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Look at verse number two. And all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, blessings will follow you. Somebody know that you're blessed if you obey God. Bless in the city. Oh, good God, all that. Bless in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. The crops of your land and the young of your livestock and your calf and your herd and your lambs of your flock, your baskets and your kneading through will be blessed. And then verse number six, you will be blessed going in and coming out. Can I drop something in your spirit? You're blessed before you get the job. And even after they fired you, you're still blessed. Look at somebody and say, I was blessed going in and I'm stand to your feet. We've got to go. But grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, when your enemy comes against you one way, they will flee 
seven different ways. Ah, uh, these are the blessings of obedience. Bless going in. Bless coming out. Bless in the city. Bless in the country. Cross the aisles and touch somebody. Say you are one bless somebody. If you obey the will of God for your life, God told me to tell you, you are already blessed. All the blessed folk, put your hands together and give God your Bless, 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 bless. Look at somebody and say, bless. Now it takes faith to declare who you are before anyone else can notice it. In other words, when you don't look blessed, it takes faith to declare, I am blessed. When you don't have anything, it takes faith to declare, I am blessed. When you're broke, busted, and disgusted, it takes faith to say, I am blessed. So you've got 10 seconds to give God your best, I am blessed. Will all the blessed folk, will all the blessed folk wave your hand in the air and let the devil know you're looking at one blessed somebody? Somebody help me say bless. Somebody help me say bless. 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 Your child is blessed. Your family is blessed. Your house is blessed. Your career has already been blessed. Your, Your grandchild is blessed. Anybody know that the blessings of God are all over you? Take 30 seconds to give God one blessed praise. If I get you a praise partner, grab somebody by the hand and pronounce God's blessings over their life. Bless, 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 bless.
bless your child. Bless and highly favor. Come on, meet me at the altar. All the blessed folks. those hands listen you have to because you are obedient to the will of God when Abraham started out he had no descendants Whew. then God blessed him God says I'll bless your Isaacs I'll bless your Jacobs and they will be heirs of your faithfulness Your children will be blessed. Your house will be blessed. I'm not just saying this to say it. I'm here to remind you. And what is all of this for? It's not for you. But it's for his glory. <laughs> for his glory. Can I tell you something? If you don't remember anything else in this message, I want you to remember this. These blessings that shall come upon you are for his glory. And the reason we are obedient to God, because we know that our obedience will magnify God. And is for his glory. When, when folks see you blessed, tell them God gets the glory. I love this song that Sister Tasha Cobb sang, Lord, if I find favor in your sight, Lord, please hear my heart's cry. I'm desperately waiting to be where you are. Ooh, this is Abraham's testimony. I'll cross the hottest desert. I'll travel near or far for your glory. Somebody lift your hands and say, I'll do anything just to see you. It's for your glory. The reason why I'm obedient to the will of God is what I had to realize a long time ago. There was something greater than who I thought I was or what I wanted to be. And I knew something that if I would submit myself to the will of God then God will exalt me in his own time and I'm here to tell you if you are obedient to the will of God in your life God will exalt you at the right time Ooh, amen come on quiet yeah right now Lord, if I yeah thank you Jenny find favor in your sight come stand at this altar let us pray for you maybe, maybe you're praying for something that you need to leave 
at the altar. Desperately waiting uh, to be where you are. Sing. I cross the highest desert. I'll travel. I travel near Lift those hands and sing. singing that song. I will yeah. do yeah. <laughs> this is personal now just to see everybody you in here come on close those eyes and to let's be you. this is this is you and God right now Lord, if I find favor find favor about God's glory I'm not sure what God is asking of you right now personally and I cannot imagine being in your position some of you are going through some very difficult things perhaps your backs are against the wall God is asking you 
to trust me. The question is, do you have the faith to obey God in the midst of difficulty, Woo. in the midst of a bad situation? Do you have the faith to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord? Woo. Do you have the faith to be a blessing when you need a blessing? <laughs> Do you have the faith to love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you? Do you have the faith to obey God's instructions for your life? Don't ever think that others will understand. Ooh, I and if you need to be validated by others, then this may not be the journey you want to take. Because a faith journey is not the most popular. It is not the journey in which people always pat you on the back, tell you how good you are, all the great things you're doing. It's trusting God in the midst of what you're going through. Because at the end of the day, it is not about you, but it is about God's glory. Close those eyes right now. I have one question for you. Are you in a position to recognize the voice of God? It's tough. This past Thursday, I met with the young adults in our private Bible study for young adults. One of the sincere questions I was asked is, Pastor Jackson, how do I recognize the voice of God? How do I know if it's God speaking to me or not? <laughs> That's tough. But I'll tell you, he would never ask you to do anything that tear down anyone else. He'll never ask you to do anything that puts yourself above the mission of the kingdom. Ooh. And he'll make it clear to you there will be a burning desire in you to follow his will. And when you do, Deuteronomy 28, and all these blessings shall follow you and overtake you. God's speaking to someone right now. God is calling you right now. Every eye closed. Ooh, you have been coming to church for months, weeks, and years. But you've avoided taking that next step in which you commit to something greater than yourself. Before Abraham could go, he had to be committed. Before he could even hear God's instructions, he had to recognize God's voice. And I don't know who God is speaking to, and I don't know what he's saying to you, but I feel in my spirit God is speaking to someone right now. Every eye closed, every hand lifted up in total surrender. Just turn those hands as you would surrender for your glory. For your glory. That's right. I will do it. 
listen, eyes are closed. Abraham never did see Jacob's sons. <laughs> he never saw how great Joseph was. Here's what God says. If you faithfully obey me, I'll bless your descendants when you are dead and gone. <laughs> and, the re and the reason Isaac was blessed, and I, I just want to say this, the reason Isaac was blessed was because Abraham was his father. <laughs> the blessings of Isaac was because Abraham's faithfulness. The blessings of Jacob was because of the blessings and the faithfulness of his grandfather, Abraham. <laughs> the blessings of Joseph, Jacob's son, Isaac's grandson, was because of the blessings and the faithfulness of his great-grandfather. <laughs> God says, the blessings to your descendants will go on and on and on. And even from the grave, <laughs> God will still bless your seeds. Hey man, close those eyes. If you're here to make that commitment, if you want to step out on faith, be bold enough to hear the voice of God. And I wait at this altar. And God will welcome you into a new dimension. God will welcome you into a new life. You can, as Paul writes, walk in the freeness and the newness of life. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for by faith series. By faith, we will obey you even when it's hard. By faith, we will listen to your voice even in the midst of confusion. Have your way, Lord. Move in a mighty way. Thank you for the blessings of Abraham. Lord, thank you for Abraham's blessings. Isaac was blessed because of Abraham. Jacob was blessed because of his grandfather, Abraham. Joseph was blessed because of his great-grandfather, Abraham. <laughs> These blessings will far exceed our life, and it will go on and on and on. Move in a mighty way. We declare and decree, Lord, that it is already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, for his glory. If you want to make that commitment, you want to join the church, you want to recommit your life to the Lord, whatever you want to do right now, step out of faith. Come on. I want to be. God is calling you. Yeah. I want to be. That's right. Somebody take this faith journey. Come on and take this faith journey. Take this faith journey, God's calling. Whoever you are, God's calling you right now. Yeah, yeah, the faith journey. Amen. God bless you. Baby.
faith journey. Give God a hand of praise with you. God bless you. Come on, Bible way, let's celebrate. Everybody know that there's a blessing in obedience.